But the more you try to get someone or something to act in ways in which you think they should be acting or you think should be showing up, it's going to leave you disappointed because they have shown you or it has shown you time and time again, Alex, we don't work like that. (laughs) You know? Welcome to the Feeling Free Podcast. My name is Ben Harris, also known as The Fear Guy. My job is to help you feel more free in your life with love and relationships, self-worth, and much more. I'm happy you're here. I love you. I believe in you. Let's break free from fear together. What's up, beautiful humans? This week we have Alex L. And I am very, very excited for you to listen to this episode about how to receive love. Alex is an incredible author deep thinker and her new book after the rain is about to come out so go and order it and this conversation wowza (laughs) here we go everyone welcome to feeling free i am and when i say honored i legit mean this for someone that i really respect and look up to so alex thank you so much for being here Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me, Ben. I'm really excited to chat. You know it. Um, and what's really fun is that you are currently recording um, in your closet. And will you tell people why you're recording in your closet? And then I have a follow-up question just so so everyone knows this isn't just completely random. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, um, so my two-year-old is down for her nap. My one-year-old is headed down for her nap. And my 12-year-old is upstairs uh, doing Zoom school. So I need to keep it down a little bit. Um, and also, I got a producer tip for folks who are looking to get into recording. The closet actually has really great sound. So, you know, it's kind of a win-win. I get to have my self-care conversations in the closet with folks and I don't wake up any kids or disturb any school. So, yeah. I love that. Well, and what's really cool is I love how raw and real you are Um, because for someone with such a massive audience and community is, I think that's very valuable. And so how have you been, because you're still young too, and that's also what's really impressive, is you've done so many amazing things, including motherhood, including like honoring and self-caring yourself and loving yourself, um, all the things. How have you been able to, from my, at least my perspective, I know it's, I know it's messy, but like, quote unquote, like do it all, like have you time, be an awesome mom, social media, author, all the things. Mm. I think um, taking my time, the word that's been coming up for me lately over the past few months is pace. It was actually uh, the word of the week for my course that's happening right now. And um, it's really important to slow down and take a minute and also understand that you don't have to do it all at once. Mm -hmm. Um, Additionally, like pouring from an empty cup is something that I'm not interested in doing. So I look at self-care as community care. And when I say community, I'm thinking family, I'm thinking friendships, I'm thinking Mm -hmm. work, um, I'm thinking showing up in my advocacy and activism for my Black community. I mean, it just is ever, you know, flowing. Um, And in order to take care of my community, 
in order to show up in my work and in my relationships in a way that feels whole, I have to absolutely take care of myself. So that is the pillar of, you know, quote unquote, doing it all is to make Mm. sure that you're taking space and time to pencil yourself in. And it's hard as hell. It's not easy. (laughs) I am not like, I don't know what I'm doing. I know people think that I know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I am learning along the way because I'm a student of life. And if I ever admitted that I, you know, knew what I was doing, I would be lying, you know, because we continuously learn. We are on a constant uh, cycle of growth and exploration of self. And, you know, I think that's what brings folks in to this community in particular, because I I don't know it all. And I am learning as I grow and as I go. And I think that's something that more people need to be talking about. I don't have the answers, you know. Uh, I'm a big believer that we all have um, our individual answers, but we don't necessarily know what's best for someone else. And, you know, with all the experts, you know, online and in professions and things, I think that we need to remember that, yes, those folks are valuable, but also being our own um, inner expert uh, is also just as valuable. That's, that's awesome. And one thing I really liked that I want to echo is the phrase, um, you can be everything, but not all at once, or you said something like that. Um, yeah, that's how I feel about it, at least. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, I love that aspect, because we can be everything, but not all at once, and like taking your time with that. And I know that you also have the phrase of like, I can't be anything if I'm nothing to myself. Yeah, I can't be anything to anyone if I'm nothing to myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is like, super critical. Um, and one thing that I've learned from you and like other like black creators is one thing that's opened my eyes is the whole fact of like, when you say like self care, or even what is the word I'm looking for is almost like, is, is a word like, like revolution or like an act of Mm-hmm. like sovereignty resistance, resistance. Mm-hmm. and I think like ooh, like I just got chills even just saying that and we don't even think about it that way will you touch like I love this topic so much because of like because we don't think that like we don't think rest we don't think taking care of yourself so how, what has been your experience with like resting self-care you and which is healing the collective but also with the word like like fighting or like so what does that look like for you Mm. Um, so I think for so long, because I was like in combat with myself, Mm. um, emotionally, spiritually, physically, um, it was challenging for me to show up fully and with intention and with a time and wholeness. And I think once you are able to say, hey, I'm at war with myself here. Why? Mm. It gives us um, a different lens to look through. Um, And it gives us a space to like, be our own mirror. And like that curiosity around why we're warring with slowing down, or why we're warring with um, self neglect, you know, it really just allows us to ask that question, well, why are you doing that? Mm. Why are you acting this way? 
What from your childhood is making you feel triggered right now? Why are you feeling rushed like you have to just speed through life and speed through the things you're doing? How about you try to slow down? Why is it hard for you to slow down? Like really mm. diving into that self-inquiry um, is a radical act. Um, it is, I think we talk a lot about resistance, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me, from like the outside, like someone is resisting us or someone mm. is pushing against us, but we're not so readily available to talk about how we are, you know, pushing against ourselves, right? How are we, you know, at war with ourselves, at odds with ourselves? And I think that being able to have those conversations, that inner dialogue, um, is really important. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of self-awareness and self-reflection. But the goal here is to get to know ourselves better so that we can be our best self in our relationships, in our jobs, in the world, right? And if we're not going to have these um, intimate self-conversations, then it's really going to be hard to get out of war with who we are, with ourselves, with our flaws, right? Our shortcomings, et cetera. So I'm all about trying to figure out how can I do better for myself so that I can show up my best when I'm moving through the world. That's so interesting. And I love that because you're right when you say like the word resistance, we often think of like outside of ourselves, but more than likely that's coming from within. It's always coming from within. Mm. It's necessary. Um, I think that goes back to the whole like inner expert thing, right? We look for other folks around us to tell us what to do, tell us how to eat. I was talking to a therapist named Maria Sosa about this um, on my podcast some months ago. And she put it so good. She was like, I was looking outside of myself for someone to tell me how to be, how to eat, how to perform, how to show up, how to look, right? Instead of trusting that I knew what my body needed, that I knew how I wanted to move, that I knew how I wanted to look. And I think that that is like monumental. That is taking your power back. That is um, standing tall in your own um in your own sovereignty like mm -hmm. that is big and major and i i want people to do that i want people to trust themselves enough i teach this in my courses um like trust yourself enough to show up you don't need me to tell you to show up you need to trust yourself to show up especially i teach about writing practice and journaling so you know it's really a lot of self-reflective work it's not me you know coming to the course and pretending to be an expert about someone else's yeah. trauma someone else's life someone else's story it's about hey you got this and even if you don't have it you can figure it out and i think that that's really important yeah i love that what is so for you when you said like you used to be at combat with yourself or war with yourself, what did that look like? Like for you, what is one of those things that you were like really fighting against yourself with? Mm. Um, well, trigger warning here. I used to be really suicidal. Mm. Um, I used to be really depressed. I have social anxiety, which a lot of people don't know about me, especially because I'm in this line of work. Yeah. Um, so growing up, anxious, growing up sad, um, growing up feeling neglected and lost, 
I was constantly in battle of like whether or not my life mattered, whether or not mm. I was important, whether or not I could be loved. And when you don't come from love, like if you just think about this for a second, especially like in my case, I was born um, out of wedlock. I was born to two people who had their own challenges yeah. my my biological father who i do not have a relationship with haven't for about almost goodness so long almost 20 years um and to feel like you were an accident not necessarily because mm. of out of wedlock right but but because of you know your, your parents just didn't know how to love you so there's all this other stuff this trauma that's built up that's around rejection and displacement and uncertainty that just was heavy it was like given to me at birth that baggage yep. it felt like right um so with that i just i hated myself for a long time um i didn't know like what I was here for. I'm like, if this is mm. life, I don't really, I don't like, this isn't good for me. I don't like this. I don't feel safe. I don't feel held. I don't feel seen. Um, and I mean, of course the story is much deeper than that. I won't go there, but just like for anyone else listening, um, I was constantly like trying to figure out, should I stay or should I go quite literally? Mm. Um, and it wasn't until my first daughter was born and I, um, I was 18 when I had Charlie. She's 12 now, will be 13 in November, um, that I turned my life around. And while I absolutely positively do not advocate for teen pregnancy, it was hard right. as hell. It is not a walk in the park <laughs> at all. Um, motherhood isn't period, but like being a, a teenager, an 18-year-old, a fresh yeah adult trying to do that it was wild um but i knew that i wanted to be a different type of mother a different type of black mother and a yes. different type of woman right um and now i have three daughters and it's like mm. i feel like the universe continues to like as me and my husband grow our family and learn about being human and also being parents and spouses like we learn how to um ebb and flow with life's challenges and i often think like if I didn't walk through everything I walked through, if I yes. didn't feel like I was an accident, if I didn't feel like I was a mistake, if I didn't feel unloved, I wouldn't know how to move in motherhood and parenthood the way that I do now. And I am rooted in love and motherhood. Mm. I am rooted in um, acceptance and making room for messes and mistakes for myself and my children, right? I am rooted in um, af affirmation, not only of myself and my children, because I lacked that. So mm. I knew I wanted to do the opposite of what I had, right? Um, so it all comes full circle, everything that we go through, everything that we walk through. And I'm really proud of myself for not taking my own life and for giving myself a chance and for deciding to be a different human being and, and giving birth to myself. Ooh. You know? um, that's really how I feel some days. I'm like, I had myself. I know I didn't. But like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I have Yo. changed so much and so radically that I'm like, I did this. And I'm proud of that.
Alex, I love that so much. Like, and you're such an example. Like, seriously, I want to acknowledge you um, for saying that I'm proud of myself. That really is so cool. Like, and not just for you to like say it into like a mirror looking in your eyes, you know, because when I work with people, like that's very difficult. And I assume you've felt that even um, like, especially the words, I love you. Like if you look in your, in the mirror and you say, I love you and to yourself, I know that's very difficult for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So for, for you to say that is like so cool and to own it. And I love how you said like gave birth to myself. Like seriously, like this, this really is so cool. You're so, um, like, I just want to expand more on that. Like, what did that look like? Like giving birth to yourself? Does that just like making yourself, receiving yourself, loving yourself, what it, like parenting mm. yourself? All of that. Um, and being, choosing, I believe, I believe in the power of choice. Um, choosing to be different and to be the person, the human, the mother, um, the Alex that I wanted to be mm-hmm. and that I didn't believe I could be for so long. And recently I was in conversation with someone and I told them that every time I've had a child, I feel reborn. Mm-hmm. Um, every time I show up in motherhood, I'm not only mothering my kids, I'm mothering myself. And my children are, I have, you know, the 12 year old, then I have a two year old. Um, and I have almost one year old, she'll be one on September 18th. And um, there is so like, such that big gap between the, the first two, and then such a close, yeah. <laughs> close gap 20 months between the, you know, uh, the middle and, and the baby, um, that it's like, wow, Like that in itself is monumental, that growth, right? That having 10 years between the first two and then 20 months between the last two. And it's just like, whoa, that is rebirth. Um, That makes space for a lot of learning and a lot of um, realization that we are never going to always have it figured out. And yet we can still choose to be different. We can still choose to be great. We can still choose to see ourselves when we feel unseen. And I, I think, I mean, this keeps linking back to uh, that inner expert and that inner um, friend even, right? Like you can see yourself. We look for people to see us. Yes, we're human beings and we need connection. We, we yearn for connection, we deserve that, right, from outsiders and and ourselves, right? So the love that we give to other people, the love that we want from other people, we also can give that to ourselves. We also are deserving of it ourselves. And I think when I got to that point in my journey, uh, it was an aha moment. I was 23. I was 23. And I had this aha moment of, wow, you're changing, you have changed and now it's time to continue evolving and continue learning and continuing to see yourself and to make the choice to live a fully radically unapologetic shameless life that allows you to love hard not Mm. only our external folks but our internal soul um, I think that's really what 
giving birth to myself has felt like is like this radical choice of of self-choosing and self-advocacy i love that isn't that crazy that it's it really is a radical choice but isn't that crazy that is like a just like a crazy thing to do yeah it's wild um it's also really intense and like, it's hard. <laughs> I don't want to sound, I don't want to make this sound like, oh, this is like an easy, whimsical, like <laughs> super, um, you know, uh, accessible work because it's not. Like, I'm the first person to tell you this work isn't always accessible. It's not for the faint of heart. Um, but when you're ready, you will know. And I remember someone told me that, oh my gosh, years ago, before I was ready, before I was on my pathway and they were on a different pathway of evolution and I was not there yet. And I asked her, I said, like, how do you know? How do you know? And she goes, I don't, I can't tell you that. I just, if you know, you know. And I remember rolling my eyes so hard, like, <laughs> girl, that's not what I wanted to hear. I was looking for someone to tell me what to do. And... um she didn't and she couldn't and when i when i discovered that i was changing um from the things i listened to from the people i surrounded myself with from the food i ate i mean big and small you know the, the career choices i was making at the time and um the stories i wanted to tell um i was like oh this is what she was talking about this and I don't know what, it, what what to call this. I don't know how to name this, but this is it. But you know. Um, but you know. And then I had to dig deep. I had to figure out. Okay, I want more of this. So how do I do that? Self reflection. How do I do that? Meditation. How do I do that? Honesty with myself, especially when I'm in my flawed human state, which is all the time, right? So that requires <laughs> a lot of showing up, a lot of self inquiry. Um, so yeah, it's um it's hard work. I'm 31 now and it's it feels harder today than it did when I first uh began this journey all these years ago, but it's so rewarding. Hard yeah, why is that? I've noticed that too. Why <laughs> yeah. why like cuz I would think sometimes I have told people like, "Hey, it gets easier." But sometimes it doesn't, it doesn't feel like Yeah, like why? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think because we are getting older, we're maturing in all these different ways. Um, and that maturity requires a different amount of effort, a different amount of consistency. Um, some things feel easier, but the root of it, like where the tree is growing from and think of ourselves as the tree, right? The roots know what they're doing. They know how to hold up the trunk. You know, they know mm. how to, you know, feed us right but the branches that are growing in you know there's some new babies <laughs> the new baby <laughs> branches and the new leaves unfurling right and those are the things that can still feel really tender or feel hard or feel like damn I don't know what I'm doing at all yeah, um so yeah I like that because have you ever like you know on pine trees how like the lighter green like the new growth looks like a lighter green yep and yep. it's like this is, this sounds funny, but like, I love feeling it because it's so soft. It's so soft. <laughs> yeah. But that's yeah. the new growth, baby. That's makes yep. sense. It's, it's sensitive. Yeah. So it's sensitive. what is, so you've definitely, I mean, you've like, Alex, you've been through it in, you, you know, I mean, you definitely know, but I want to make sure people know, I mean, you've already touched on it a little bit, but sometimes like I was definitely very, 
blessed and privileged to grow up around love. Um, and so I had someone tell me one time that like, Ben, you grew up around love so you can show people what it's like to be loved. Mm-hmm. Um, but for you, would you say, I mean, it sounded like you were, that you were hopeless. Mm. At some points, at some points. Um, and then I decided, you know what, I'm going to, I'm, I'm changing this narrative. Um, and that happened when I became a mother for the first time. And then uh, moving through how I wanted to be a mother and be a, um, a different type of mother, you know? Um, and then I met my husband when me, I think my, my daughter was four and a half and then he came into our life and um, he grew up around love, lots mm. and lots and lots and lots of love. <laughs> and I, and I, and I, oh my gosh, I had the pleasure of being around his mother for three, three and a half years before she died. Mm. Um, and that love, I think that was like the shifting chapter of my life. Cool. Feeling unconditional motherly love from someone who wasn't my mother, mm. but was the mother of the man I was, I am, was madly in love with. And I'm like, yo, I'm like, Ryan, like <laughs> you got this growing? Like, this is crazy. <laughs> um, and my mom did her best. I don't want to, I don't, right. I don't want it to sound any way other than my mom was human and she did her best with what she knew. Um, but Ryan's mother and his family and their closeness and the love and the commitment to um, patience and understanding and reflection was so wild. Um, so were there points in my journey where I felt hopeless? Yes. And then what's even wilder is it was hard sometimes for me to accept love from my husband. Yep. For me to accept love from his mother, um, because it always felt like they're going to take this from me. Yep. Um, and they never did. They never have. I mean, me and my husband have been together seven years now, married four. And like that man is just a walking heartbeat. Like he is so, he <laughs> is, he's so amazing. Um, and he's shown me, I remember one day early in our relationship, maybe like two years in, and I was like, I don't think I can do this. This is way too much. Mm. I was like, um, I ha as Brene Brown would say, I had like a vulnerability hangover that I wasn't really ready to like deal with. Um, I didn't have that language then, but I was just like, I cannot, like I've done a lot of work to be vulnerable with myself, but I don't think I've done the work to be vulnerable with a life partner. And I remember him saying to me, all I'm trying to do is love you. Ooh. Why don't you let me love you? All right, y'all. So this point in this conversation really hit home for me because the people that I work with, my clients, essentially what I do with fear coaching is help you remember how amazing you are. It's a guide, a journey back to loving the real you, back to loving yourself. And what Alex is talking about is loving herself enough to receive love right? Because that is part of it. And so I want to encourage you, if this really hits home for you, make sure, yes, go 
pre-order Alex's book, After the Rain. The link is in the podcast notes in the description. And then if you feel called, I would absolutely love to work with you. I'm now enrolling a limited amount of one-on-one clients. I give all my attention to you. It's personalized. It's an eight-week program to make sure that I guide you from fear to freedom to help you remember how amazing you are, to love the real you. If this hits home for you, go to feeling-free.com slash coaching. That's feeling-free.com slash coaching so you can sign up for your first call and we can learn and grow and heal and evolve and expand and become free together. I'm so excited. I'm excited to see you soon. All right, y'all. Here is the rest of this amazing, beautifully, beautifully said conversation. And I was like, damn. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yo, you're right. It was hard though. I mean, it was much deeper than that, what I just said, but like if, if, if a light bulb could have gone off in my mind and in my body at that moment, I, that comes back to me so often. And we were in a heated, it was heated. It wasn't like this Zen, like, I'm just trying to love you. He was like, I'm literally just trying to love you. Like, why are you pushing me away? And I'm screaming and we're having like a really human moment. Yeah. And he told me, he was like, I'm not your mother. I'm not your father. I'm never going to not love you. This is before he and I had children together. Um, This is before like a lot of things. And I was just like, it's time for me to do some inner work around Mm. receiving love because I'm not good at it. I'm not good at it. And I shortchange myself. And that links back to just, um, I guess, my past relationships with men with what I thought I was deserving of. I mean, starting with the, you know, the biological person who helped bring me into this world, right? Yes. Um, so there was a lot of baggage that I had to unpack. I call this my emotional suitcase. I had to put it down and say, what am I taking out of my emotional suitcase that does not belong to me? That has never belonged to me. And one of those things is feelings of unworthiness, being mm-hmm. unworthy of love lovelessness that is not mine and in order for me to move forward into the life that i say that i want on a romantic sense um, on a familial sense i have to create my own family i'm giving my oldest daughter and i a chance to be held in love by someone else and their family receive it and i had to give myself permission to take out unworthiness and lovelessness and put in reception openness and decide to move through that way it was hard and sometimes it's still hard like the things that we're born into shape us yes so i love this I this know. is powerful i could go on and on i'm no, sorry no don't be sorry because i actually would love to spend the rest of the time talking about this because <laughs> because this is such um a critical thing to receive love i mean woof like this is powerful and um i've been on your husband's name is ryan yes mm-hmm. i've been ryan <laughs> yeah and mm-hmm. it hasn't worked out because it's so it's funny so we're definitely similar like as far as it sounds like and you know, it's like, I'm trying to give this to you, but you're not receiving it. And it's, that has taught me many lessons, but it's been really hard because it's like, I don't even get like, but now I understand Mm -hmm. that as like, 
it seems unfamiliar, right? It seems yeah. like chaos. And then it seems like, is this going to be taken away? Right. It literally like, it's not what they're used to. It's not what they're familiar with. So it feels uncomfortable. So how mm-hmm. did, so how did you, is, does that sound like familiar to you? And then how did you like practice receiving? Mm. It does sound familiar. And I practice receiving by starting with myself and reminding myself that being in partnership is not um, a puzzle piece situation. I know people like to look at it that way and that's fine, you know, for others. But for me, I, I wanted to come to a relationship and grow in a relationship whole so that my partner is not completing me but instead complimenting me. Mm-hmm. And it took a lot of self-reflection to say, you don't receive this love from this man because you don't believe you're deserving of it. Yes. Why? Mm-hmm. And then you have to face some inner child work. <laughs> yeah. Then you have to face some pain points then you have to face some tenderness that you thought you healed from but really you glossed over right so it was a lot of going back and fixing and not fixing but addressing the things that I glossed over because I was too scared to look them at look at them head on right um and then I had to start really trusting like Alex you say you love yourself you say you've been you've been working and doing all Mm. this self-work and all of that to love yourself and you don't have to love yourself by yourself. And it's in the moments of self-love that I am reminded of completeness, but also my husband, my friends being an extension of that and complimenting the love that I already have for myself. And that that's okay. And I don't have to do it all. I don't have to be the strong black woman. I don't have to be the person who loves herself by herself because she thinks that's the safest thing to do. (laughs) Yeah. And um, I think we watch people do that in our lives sometimes. I watched my mother do it. I watched my grandmother do it. I don't think I can, you know, for certain say that that was an act of self-love more than self-guarding. Yep. But a lot of times we get that confused with self-love. Yes. yes. Um, so yes, I can relate to that. And I worked through it by reminding myself that I don't have to do it alone. And that I was committed to making myself whole and choosing myself and not in a way that's flawless, but in the way that's human and that needs adjustment. Um, and with that decision, I can also choose to let love in. Even after being heartbroken, even after being rejected, even after being told I wouldn't be this, I'm not this, I'm, you know, all of the negativity that can come along with being a young black single mother mm-hmm. at 18, right? But I made a choice. And it goes back to the choices that I made to love myself and choose myself and raise these kids and love this man and love this work is not without immense reflection and sacrifice and um, self-compassion. Man. (laughs) Yeah, this is great. Um, 
one, and I mean, there's so many things I could go off on, but for you, it's, I love how you say, cause obviously you are a strong black woman, but you, I love how you said, I don't have to be that. And then it's mm-hmm. like, I can love myself and then I can receive it, but I don't like, I love how you, you coexist in multiple truths. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, and I know you post a lot about that on social media is like, you can do this and be this, or you can be this and do this. How like, but that's so hard because we like to live in black and white. So how have you been able to like live in that like gray and that messiness? Um, because I now know how to trust duality. <laughs> <laughs> and I also like believe that it's not always one or the other, especially in soul work, right? And especially in like self-healing and relationships it's not always one or the other um and growing up I kind of felt rigid like I grew up in a really rigid home my mom was very much the type of person who liked things how she wanted them if they weren't that way all hell was going to break loose and so because that was my case growing up a lot of times it felt like there was no room for error there was no room for not knowing. There was no room for and, right? It was just one or the other. And um, I don't believe that. And I raised my children to understand and know that it's not always one or the other. It can be both and. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> and then you were talking about um, like receiving love. It seemed like, the biggest, one of the most important themes of that was like giving love to yourself. Was that like a turning point of like giving it and receiving it to yourself so you could allow others to give it to you? I think that I had gotten to the point where I truly trusted and believed that I loved myself, but it was hard to receive it from someone else because I was so used to not having it from other people. So I did all this like really hard, intense work mm-hmm. um, to arrive in self-love. But I knew I wasn't going to take it from myself. I don't know if that makes sense, but I knew that I could count on myself for that, right? Right. Um, so the receiving from the outside was what was challenging because anytime I thought that someone loved me, they left or they took mm-hmm. it away or they used it against me or they, it was never unconditional. It was always conditional. Um, or so it felt right. And with that being the case, I had to remind myself that there are people in this world who will unconditionally love us, Mm. who will unconditionally show up for us, may not always look the way we think it should look, right? But it can happen. And an example of that is Ryan's mother showing up every speaking event, every book, every anything. She was calling, checking in, caring right? Loving me, wishing me luck, praying for me. Um, And she has three other children who she did the exact same thing for. I was like, you know, and and she has another daughter-in-law, you know what I mean? So it's like, we got this big extension from her. And while at some points it would be, this is going to sound wild, 
but this goes with kind of the hand in hand of the stuff we're talking about. Sometimes I would be so sad that she showed up so hard for me because I wanted my mom to do that. Yes. But my mom didn't have the capacity to do that. And Ryan and I would have conversations. He would say, you know, my mom loves you. Let her love you. Mm. And then I remember speaking to my spiritual coach, who's actually a really dear friend of mine. And we had a conversation about something similar. And she was like, why do you keep expecting your mom or whomever to show up for you in ways that they've never been able to show up for you? And I'm like, because, you know, they should be able to. And she's like, but that's not how it works. So if you see someone out, and they're showing up for you. And they're and I and, and and this is not to say that I've never been shown up for before from my mother because she shows up in her own unique ways. I talk right. about this in After the Rain, which is my new book coming out in October. Um she shows up in her own unique ways but wasn't showing up in the ways that I thought that I really really wanted her to. And my friend said you can accept that and you can receive it from someone else. But the more you try to get someone or something to act in ways in which you think they should be acting or you think should be showing up, it's going to leave you disappointed because they have shown you or it has shown you time and time again, Alex, we don't work like that. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Um, And that's not to say that person is bad or that person is wrong, but that is to say they don't have the capacity and I think that is that was a wake-up call between Ryan's mother being who she was in my life and that chat with my coach and friend. I was like, okay, so now it's time for Alex to take some accountability here and release and stop pressuring and stop not necessarily stop wanting because we're humans and we're going to long for things that we didn't have, but to stop trying to control what is not meant to be controlled. And that's really how everything kind of came full circle in my acceptance journey. I feel like I have like so many journeys, (laughs) acceptance, self-love, worth, you know, all of the stuff. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been a long road, but one that's really enlightening. Damn, that's so cool. And like you're just getting started, which is crazy. <laughs> that's what they say. <laughs> that's what they say. <laughs> yeah, Alex, like thank you so much. And it sounds like I need to come hang out with Ryan so we can just be two walking heartbeats. Just... <laughs> I love that yeah. phrase. He's yeah. awesome. He's an <laughs> awesome dude. Yeah. Will you I know you mentioned after the rain. What so what inspired that title? Oh my goodness. After the rain, I mean, exactly what it sounds like. Yes. Um, there can be joy after the rain. There can be hope after the rain. There can be love after the rain. The storms of our life don't last forever, but there will always be stormy seasons. And so with that, after the rain comes sun again, comes light again, comes growth, comes acceptance, understanding. And this book is a collection of essays, affirmations, and gentle reminders that we can make it through our rain. We can make it through our storms. 
Um, I actually wanted to read something from it. Ooh, please do. If possible. I'd be stoked. Because I know, just so everyone knows, she is now moving into her own self-care time because the kids are napping. So thank you. (laughs) You are welcome. Um, So I'm not going to read a long essay, but I am going to read a couple of affirmations and a love meditation. Okay, so. You are deserving of opening your heart and letting love in. Don't let the hurt of your past or the doubts of others deter you from building the life you long for. I am capable of paving a new way for myself. I will do the work. Even in uncertainty, I can be great. And I think I want to um, leave a question for the listeners that you can write down in your journal, that you can meditate on, pray on, carry with you. Think about what your love would taste like if it were a flavor. What would you like it? (laughs) Yeah. What would you like it to teach you on your journey toward it? Hold on. Can you repeat that? You know, Alec, like, like this is your, like, this is your gift. Like how you, I mean, you've done this, obviously it's natural, but you've, cultivated it and stepped into it but yeah like these reflections are like so good but yeah read it again this is great sure so this is a love meditation from after the rain and it says think about what your love would taste like if it was a flavor what would you like it to teach you on your journey toward it wow yeah i love that I thought I was good at asking good questions, but that is a fantastic. (laughs) That is is so good. Dang. Um, Yeah, you are a truly beautiful soul. And for you to have been, like you said, everything has happened perfectly and exactly as it needed to for you to get here now and, you know, be this amazing mother, author, human and being. Um, But yeah, like it's, it really is incredible because not everyone does. And you did make that choice to literally stay alive and for you to have that level of love, not only for yourself, but to receive it, um, is truly inspiring. So like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for existing. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you as well. Thank you as well. (laughs) And then last question would be, what is the freedom? Like what is freedom? mean to you or feeling free? And then when do you feel you're most free? Mm. So freedom for me as of late is resting, slowing down, pacing, um, making time and space for naps (laughs) and um, also understanding that I don't have to show up all the time period um that i can take a break and that with that comes naming what i need and being open to help um and to be open to trusting that the people who love me can and will hold it down um and then well, what was the other part of the question? Sorry. I mean, no, that was beautiful. It was just okay. about like, what, what is freedom and what does, when do you feel you're most free? And I feel like that was it. Okay, good. And I also feel <laughs> the most free, like, I mean, I'm a writer. So being in writing practice, I feel really free. And I want to just encourage people to not be 
scared to show up um, in their stories fully and honestly and vulnerably um, because your stories can change someone else's life. Amazing. Like Alex, for real, like, thank you. Like, thanks for your time, your gifts, your love, showing up messy, all the things, but not all at once. And all just being you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. All righty, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. And you know what to do right now. Make sure you subscribe, follow, follow on Spotify so you never miss an episode. Subscribe on Apple slash iTunes if you listen on there. And if you're on Apple, make sure you leave a review and then tag me on Alex on Instagram if you're listening. That is me at the fear guy and Alex at Alex underscore L. And now... Well, actually, before I get to this next point, make sure you go order her book, After the Rain. The link is in the description from Chronicle Books, so you support local. All right, y'all, here comes a fear to freedom story from one of my clients. This is amazing. Get ready. Okay, so if you don't know, at the end of each episode, what I do is I tell you a fear to freedom story, which is from my one-on-one clients, that they have reached this level of freedom, peace, and love, and joy, and abundance that they've never reached before. And of course, yes, I would love to work with you. Yes, this is part promotion. (laughs) But really, I can't get to everyone. Nobody can get to everyone, and not everyone needs this. So at the very base level, this is to inspire you. So you can hear the difference of someone of where they started and now where they are and where they are continuing to go. So again, go to feeling-free.com slash coaching. Even if like, if you don't want to coach with me, just go watch the testimonials for, so you can be inspired, <laughs> like for real. Um, and then, so what I'm going to read to you right now is a little bit different than what I usually do. So Alex inspired me with her love meditation um, that you heard at the end of the combo. So what I'm going to read to you, something a little bit similar uh, from a client that we just barely um, ended the current container, but again, friends and family forever, for real, love this human. So at the end of our coaching sessions, the very last exercise I have people do, part of it is to write a letter to your old self. So what I'm going to read to you is this, and I do have permission from this person to read this to you because this is um this is vulnerable but it's incredibly beautiful so what this is this is a letter um just with eight weeks of coaching from an amazing soul who has overcome so so much um so here we go dear old me you are so loved god loves you love yourself what you did you had to do to protect yourself You were told from a very early age that something was wrong with you, that what came naturally to you was not acceptable. You were told that God hates you for having a quality that you have no control over. Your defense mechanisms kicked in very early, and given the circumstances surrounding you, you chose to suppress your gut instincts and keep quiet so no one would turn against you. You did your best to get everyone to love you because if they really knew you, they would hate you too. You spent every waking hour and not showing your true self, thinking, analyzing, criticizing every thought and gesture before it was voiced. Practicing conversations you were going to have 
with people before you had them. Replaying conversations to make sure you didn't say anything that might give it away. Yeah. All the feelings you had developed about yourself as a result are false. You are not powerless. You had the strength within you to do what was necessary at the appropriate time. You were selective in how and when you used that strength, but was always with you. Along with that strength came courage. The courage to step up to the plate when the time came. You did the best you could do. A two-year-old little boy is not equipped to be ridiculed by family for wanting to play with a doll at Christmas and a, for a Christmas gathering. A six-year-old is not equipped to defend his mother from his father. An eight-year-old is not equipped to deal... Oh, God. <laughs> um, with being told that God hates who he is. As you grew... You had to build your own equipment to handle these occurrences. That's when your instinct kicked in without you even knowing it. You withdrew. You kept your home life separate from your school life and friends. You spent countless hours in your room after school and on the weekends. For that was the only place you could be yourself and let your thoughts and imagination flow freely without having to edit. The protective equipment that developed are ones that you kept in your shell, which added to your low self-esteem. So many people wanted you to come out of your shell and they loved you anyway, but the shell was your way of protecting yourself. You've always thought that you were too scared to protect yourself if confronted, yet you spent close to 40 years continually protecting yourself. Thank you for protecting yourself and being strong enough not to give up. Without that strength, you would have not been able to bring me to this point for which I am internally grateful. It's time to give yourself a break. With all of the qualities you've never liked about yourself and even hated about yourself, you are loved. It's time to love yourself. Love me. All right, I'm just going to leave that with you. That was actually the first time I read it. Wow. Whew. All right. I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. I believe in you so much. You're amazing. Receive, receive this love. Receive your own love. Receive God's love. Receive the world, the universe's love. Because it's there. It's already there. Love you.